The Naked Brand with your host, Mike Leon. Welcome to The Naked Brand. So today we're going to be talking about the power of brand storytelling. So I love all things brand. I love geeking out on all things brand. But when we really talk about brand, we ought to talk about the story because the story itself has so much power. And storytelling can do a lot of things, not just for a brand, but for an organization. Good stories can help recruit. Good stories can help retain talent. Good stories can help navigate the brand through tricky waters. Really, stories are what powers a brand in a lot of ways, or at least I like to think so. So to talk to me about that, I'm really excited to have on Ricardo McRae. And I'll, I'll let Ricardo introduce himself, but he embodies the spirit of branding and brand storytelling. So Ricardo, I'm really looking forward to, to the chat with you. Thanks for joining. You're welcome, Mike. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. So Ricardo, since we're talking about brand stories, tell me your brand story. Wow. Right to it. Okay. <laughs> so my brand story is uh, artist, creative turned financial expert. That's it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So you heard kind of my preamble about just, you know, how, how important brand stories could be. Give me your take on it. Like what, yeah. What is the value of a brand story? And I guess maybe to back it up from that, what is a brand story and, and why should people care about it? I, I, you know, my, in my prior life before financial services, I, I ran a branding and design agency for, I don't know, 15, 18 years, a long time. It was a long time. <laughs> and the story of a brand or branding, you know, back then they didn't even call it a brand, right? Like it was something corporations did, but people didn't think of themselves as having a brand. Social media wasn't a thing right, just right. coming on and, you know, it was all fresh and new. And, but as far back as I could remember, uh, understanding someone's story or why they did something and communicating that clearly uh, has been the most powerful way to move anything. And when you think of uh, businesses or your favorite thing, you know, the Starbucks, the Timmy's, the Nike's, the Adidas, whatever your thing is, they have a personality that is carefully crafted. A person that wears Nike's usually does not wear Adidas. Usually. Like you're either a Nike person or an Adidas person, or you wear Asics totally. or New Balance. Like they don't cross over. And there's a reason for that. It's because the brand has a story and that story connects you with a specific uh, target market and or lifestyle or, you know, insert flavor of day. And <laughs> you should speak to those people and only sell to them. And by having that brand story uh, that they resonate with, it increases, you know, business and sales and everything else from that. So you something for everybody is something for no one. I would yeah. say the only thing for everybody is oxygen. <laughs> After that, you should have a clearly defined target audience and you should know everything about them and you should exclusively market to them uh, and it'll grow your business. I love it. I love it. Clearly you're a brander. Look at that answer. That's fantastic. Um, you know, I want to ask you about a few things that, that you said, because I think it's, it's so important and, you know, I, I got to think, too, that 
what separates brands from commodities is often the story itself and the personality and everything that kind of comes from that. So you bring up Nike and Adidas and, you know, I think of like Apple and Google in this mix as well. You know, there's people I know who are so fiercely loyal to those brands that if somebody dares insult that brand or dares call them into question, they'll not only defend it, but they'll, they'll defend it with everything they have. And the funny thing is, is they'll do it for free. They're not yeah. being paid by the brand to defend it. They're not, they're not being called up. They're not official influencers. So they're taking time out of their day to defend that brand. Why do they, why do, they do that? Like, is that the power of a story or what, what leads someone to that kind of loyalty? It's because it's like you insulted a member of their family. Somebody's going to say something about my mom. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to get in there. Who say that? Who say that? So when you choose a car, when you choose a place to live, when you choose the clothing that you wear, those are personal statements. And when you choose a phone or you choose, you know, I'm an Apple guy. So I choose my Apple products and I'll defend them against Android every day. And not that Androids are bad hey now, products or user. That's you, awesome. <laughs> you know, if you want to live that life, that's your business. That's good. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with the products. I use the full Google suite. I, you know, I love Google Drive and I've been using it for decades. I pay for it and the whole thing and I connect for it sure. with my Apple stuff. It's great. It's, but I made a choice about what I, you know, the features and the different things about Apple that, that you know, I chose to put at a higher premium than something else. And so when someone insults it or comes for it, I'm like, you, I feel like they're making a shot at me, not at Apple, because I made the choice and nobody wants you to call their baby ugly. And that is why people defend it. So when you, there are two different sets of people, Google, you know, let's look at coffee. There are Starbucks people and there are Timmy's people. They're different people. There's Ooh. second cup people. They're completely different audiences. And people will walk right past a Tim Hortons, right past the second cup, to cross the street, climb a mountain to get that Starbucks, mocha frappalache, whatever that thing is. And it's not that it's better, it's just that it's their choice. So once you For understand sure. that once people make these choices like that, uh, brand affinity can be very powerful and very lucrative once you connect with that customer on that level, and it's not what you think it is. It's what they think you are. That's, oh. that's a true brand in itself. It's like, oh, I'm awesome. I'm this. And, you know, in my head, I'm six foot two and I can dunk a basketball. But in reality, <laughs> you know, I play soccer and I'm five eight. You know, like, whatever in my head, it doesn't matter. It's what the, the world, it's that echo. I've said this in the past. It's the echo from the world that tells you what your brand is not so much what you're putting out. Cause I could be like, I'm a basketball player and everyone's like, yeah, no, we're not buying that. Yeah. But if I said I played soccer, they'd be like, I could see that. That makes sense. So they're adding up all of these little things to test your brand for consistency, for validity. Is there truth in this? And if I tell you I'm a great soccer player, you're like, okay, I could see that. Let's see you with the ball. Like you're going to have these things. And if at some point I break that trust, then I'm breaking brand or I'm breaking impression with you. You know, it's funny because when you mentioned this, you know, going back to Nike, I think of this ad that Nike ran probably about six or seven years ago. And it was part of a campaign called find your greatness. And mm -hmm. the ad was, do you remember seeing this ad? It was of a, it was of an overweight boy. Couldn't be any more than like 10 years old. 
and he was running down a long country road and the shot started as this long shot and you, you could barely see the boy in the distance right and the boy was running and as he continued to run he was getting closer and closer and closer to the camera and while he was running there was a voiceover lovely voiceover that just said oh, you know funny. greatness isn't something that happens to you it's who you are and the whole idea is that you know you don't have to be michael jordan to be great you don't have to become this pro athlete greatness lies within all of us and it's up to all of us to define and reach that version of it that we define for ourselves i love that ad I, i've never really, seen it but i'm like i'm oh. almost tearing up right now i was like <laughs> i want to see that <laughs> oh, i yeah. absolutely love that ad but but you know to your point right like it it, it kind of holds it in a place where first of all it defines membership so you know back mm -hmm. to your earlier comment about you know you, you, you can't be everything to everyone right. so it kind of says okay who's who's part of the club you know do i have to be michael jordan and join nike no do i have to have the belief and the will to want to get there to whatever i define greatness as yes absolutely and if i can define that for myself then the clothes and the shoes and everything else are waiting for me so that stuff is insanely powerful what I always find interesting, and, and I talk to clients about this a lot, is what comes first? Are you finding your story to whatever it's true to be mm -hmm. to yourself and then finding the audience that resonates with that story? Or are you finding the audience, finding their stories and then crafting your story around that audience? I have my uh, own thoughts around that, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Which one is? Uh, well, ah. <laughs> the, the latter sounds inauthentic to me okay sounds like a marketing brand cooked up in some back room to say oh there's a market here let's let's go after it and make 50 jazillion dollars and you know with the boy bands of the 90s right right like you, it's this boilerplate <laughs> uh thing there's just a website where you can buy this shirt and i got caught on instagram <laughs> buying a couple of shirts from them but it was just it was just they saw an opportunity they put something together and bang they put it out and it fit the market. They did some sales. That's seizing an opportunity. That's not building a brand. Uh, a brand has some legs. It's like seeing a relationship. You know, are you just going to meet someone and have fun in Cancun for the long weekend and you're back to your normal life? Or are you going to get married and invest in a relationship and, sure. and go that distance? There, there's nothing wrong with either one, but they're not the same thing. So looking to the audience to define your brand i think is comes second the first thing you have to do is start with yourself because nothing ends up on the internet nothing ends up in business unless a human being with feelings with a family <laughs> with positions in the world whether you use android or apple or whatever it is some human had to sit down and write this down decide make a decision launch the website push the tweets promote a human did all of it so if you aren't clear on why you're doing it, it's you're going to have this sort of a fire hose effect rather than a laser effect and defining it, defining it and whittling it down for yourself and say, why am I doing this? Why am I in business? Why am I care about it? Why do I care about this project? Why do I want to send this tweet or do this post? Like, what is my intention? And when you get clearer on why you're doing it, it's the brand almost falls out of that because then you know exactly what you're not doing. I, I always say this, a brand has to do two things simultaneously. It has to attract the right people and it also has to repel everybody else. Yeah. 
And, and people don't think about that second part. It's like, who am I pissing off? Nike is not for everybody. Apple is not for everyone. Android is not for everyone. None of, nothing is for everyone except oxygen. So the <laughs> create your brand. And once you get to the point where some people are upset with you, now you're getting into good territory because now you're defining it to the point where you're repelling people. And you're like, good. You better go to Tim Hortons to get that coffee because we do the Fumoka Frappa Lache over here and we do the Venti and whatever it is that they do because they created a whole different way of ordering because yeah. they wanted experience. And that is a good, that's, a, that's when you're starting to get deep into branding where you're like, you get that you can't get everyone, but the people you get stick around for the long haul. Much better customers. Are, is your business transactional? Or are you looking for repeat business? What share of wallet do you have? Is it something right. they're going to come to one concert or they're going to keep coming back to those boy bands 20, 30 years later? Deep brand, deep affinity for those brands. And uh, it tends to work in the long run when you do that. I, I agree. But you know what? Like People change. People evolve. Brands evolve too. And sometimes they have those formative moments. And I agree with everything you're saying. But like I look at you know, my own brand and how we've evolved over time. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's kind of like, you've used a lot of examples equating it back to people. So I kind of think about like the relationships we've had over our lives. Like think about like, you know, someone you've dated over your life and what have they pointed out in you that fundamentally changed who you are? Maybe that brand, you know, maybe that relationship didn't last, but is there anything? I'm married now. So everything didn't last until my wife. I'm very happy. This is <laughs> The views expressed well. from this point forward. Will... <laughs> I am as well. I love you. <laughs> just joking. Just joking. But, you know, there's formative experiences in life. And I totally yeah. agree where you're coming from that, you know, you need the brand story needs to come from a place of authenticity. But every now and then you have an experience that changes you or it unlocks something in yourself that you didn't know you had or you didn't look at quite the same way. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it happens with people and it also happens with brands. So what's what's the fine line or what's the watch out between, you know, staying true to who you are, but also being true to what you learn as a brand without yeah. kind of being inauthentic or without just kind of following them? Ah, should you change a brand? How does it change? Is it authentic? I'm a person that embraces and loves change. So I expect things to change. I expect McDonald's to come out with a new burger. I expect my friendships to grow and evolve. I get very concerned <laughs> when things are consistent for an extremely long period of time. I, get, I have lived in different countries. I've traveled. I've, like, I've lived in over 50 different homes over the course of my life. Wow. And so I'm very comfortable with change. Like there are people I know, they're like, we've had that couch on that carpet. For 20 years and it bore a hole. I was like, at what point did you not move the couch? You know, it's, it's the first thing that was like, why don't you just move it? Just change the living room around and change the kit. Like, I love change. And, and, and we're actually doing that to our entire house right now. We're going through and throwing so much out and just getting everything down to what we need and then just letting everything else go. For so sure. it's, I think branding is, is, is very much like that as well. It's, it's, Brands evolve, logos evolve, companies evolve. Google was do no harm at one point. Now they own all your data. Uh, I think you could do a lot of harm <laughs> if, if you know my, my buying preferences, plus every question about every bump on my body I've ever Googled about is like, 
they know more about you than probably your doctor. So the same thing with Facebook and these big data scraping machines. Brands evolve, and I think they should evolve. Facebook is not what it was when it first started. It was a kid in a university dorm, and now it's on the NASDAQ. <laughs> like that is 10 years, 12 years later. It's, it's not even close to being the same thing. Totally. And I think it's, it's part of growing up. Friendships grow, brands grow, companies grow. And sometimes you grow apart. Sometimes there are brands that change or grow into something. And you're like, you know what? I'm no longer cool with that. Uh, I no longer want to be affiliated with uh, what's a brand I used to use years ago. Uh, I don't know. Let's, that's just not that it's bad. Just Columbia. When I was at university, right. I used to ride a bike. And I'd always buy Columbia gear and Columbia boots. And I was out and I was all active. Nah, no, not so much. Now I've, you know, a little linen jacket and I'm doing finances. So now the brands that I affiliate with are, have a different product. I no longer need that thing. So I grew, they're still doing great stuff. It's just, it's just not a fit anymore. It's part of that evolution. So I'm, I don't think brands should be afraid of losing customers, but they need to think about it. And when they grow, I think they should do a brand check every year. We used to do that in, uh, in our company. We would sit down and say, put every customer we've done for the year, we're putting them on a list. Let's put every project, every speaking engagement, every media, every all of it went on a list. And then we rated everything on <clears throat> 10 different criteria. Was it profitable? Did we like it? Did we have fun? <laughs> Was Did it bring joy to the world? Did, did it have impact? Because some things may be a lot of fun, have a lot of impact, but they brought in zero dollars. And it's oh. like how many of those and what is the relationship and how many, what are we doing? And it's like, how do we get fun and money together? And what is, what, and we just started filtering and you put it on a spreadsheet and you filter by different things and you start to see what you're doing in a different way. And then that starts to, we say, okay, so this, this, this product made money, but I hated it. Gone. Mm. This I love doing made no money. Okay, we have a limit of one for, for the next year. Right. We're going to do that one time and I'm going to choose. Okay, this is going to be the thing. Everybody good? And once that's over, that's my limit for, for the next 12 months. Otherwise, right. I would sit there and just, I love to do it, but I can't. I make no money. It's like candy. You eat too much of it, it's just not going to be healthy for you. Can't have a cookie every day. My son wants a cookie. Guess what? You can't. We're in COVID, <laughs> buddy. You got to have half a cookie. You Share it with that. <laughs> you can't. So looking at things in that way and then we would reshape what we were doing the next year and what products we offered and why we offer them and people oh i wish you did that thing again i said yeah we no longer do that we no longer offer that and i would feel so confident about it even though people want it i'm like i'm not gonna burn 85 hours a month doing something for people because it didn't bring me joy it didn't yeah. it didn't bring me enough money for the sacrifice of time and didn't bring me enough joy the balance was not there. So I just, it was easy for me to go, this is out, this is out, this is out. And this is what we're going to do. And in the following year, our business pivoted in that new direction and uh, it worked well for us. So I, I think cool. people should, should, should do it. It's fun. Yeah. You know, I, I identify with that a lot because we do a similar thing and, you know, in our company, we have all these different values and, you know, one of the, one of the core values is have fun. And it's not just mm -hmm. about having fun for us. It's about having fun for our clients and being, you know, we want, we want to be the most, um, the most enjoyable meeting of the day for our clients. So 
Uh, I'm with you 100%. I want to talk a little bit about brand personality because you, you brought that up early on. And so let me, let me paint a scenario for you that I'm sure you've seen and we've seen a million times over. You're looking at a resume from someone. And oh you're hiring a position and the person in the resume says, I'm hardworking. I'm confident. I'm customer focused. <clears throat> I am. I give it 110%. What do you do? What's your immediate reaction when you see that? Yeah, I'm looking. I don't look for that in a resume or when I'm engaging or hiring someone. Everybody, who's going to say I'm crappy? I come into work late. You know, I tend to, exactly. to the under. No one says that. No one's going to say that about themselves. What I look for and what I ask in interviews is tell me about the hardest moment in your life that you overcame. I want to know, and what I call today receipts. Mm-hmm. Tell me that time you left home when you were 17 years old and you had to sleep on a couch for two years while you finished high school. Tell me about that. What'd you learn about yourself? Tell me about your first job and what you still use from that job today. I want to get into the trenches and into the mud with you to understand who you are. Um, and this has proven to be very, very effective. Like people, you can't make that stuff up. No. I'm like, I want to know about your life. Hey, listen, if you're talking to me, you're probably qualified. I want to know who you are and your work ethic. And I want to know, tell me about the dirt. Tell me how you failed and how you came back. Oh, you know, I love that. But, you know, a lot of people market themselves on those descriptors and a lot of brands market themselves in a very similar way you know you see a lot of financial services brands say hey you know we're we're very customer focused we're about advice you see a lot of everybody my money only goes up you know there's the graph pointing to the top and to the right yeah yeah you know all that type of stuff you know and and the thing is is you know with brand personalities one thing i say a lot and that we we say a lot as a company is that your personality traits have to be defensible you know, and you have to be yeah. able to own those traits. So yes. if you say that you're nice, awesome. You're nice. Hopefully I'm nice. Hopefully a bunch of other people are nice. Who cares? Who cares? What's the ownable yeah. version of nice? You know, right. are you nice because, you know, you're giving me five cookies before we do this podcast? <laughs> Amazing, by the way. Are you nice because of some of the language you use, um, because of some of the stories you tell? You know, how do we unpack nice? And, you know, for us, I feel like it's relatively well-known and in branding circles, it's relatively well-known, but it's amazing how often in the corporate world and also just, just personally, you see a lot of people try and, and stand out by, by essentially blending in. So what's the, what's the formula for that? How do you, yeah. what would you say to help steer them towards the right, the right way with that? Uh, there's something you want to look for called the only factor. When you get down to the thing where you like, okay, so you're in branding and you know, you do this and you do that. Fantastic. Everybody in branding is awesome. (laughs) What is the thing that you do or the position that you take or how you come to the table that you are the only person in the world that has this unique combo that comes to it from this lens? Like, what is that thing? Do you work in small teams only? Do you, you know, it's, you know, I'm in financial services and you know, everybody and their brothers in financial services. And we have integrity and we don't do this and we're all licensed and we all, hey, everybody's doing the same thing and we can't post guarantee and all this lovely stuff. So, so we're restricted, right? We're in this little, we're hopping on a square, right? We can't even talk about finances publicly 
of getting a compliance <laughs> officer phoning us. So how do you differentiate yourself? So uh, what I've done in the past was I'm like, what is my only factor coming in from branding and design and art into financial services? Most mm -hmm. people are like, uh, you're going to go from red, orange, green to my financial future. It's a big <laughs> leap, right? Yeah. So when I started, I would say I was the from fine arts to finance. That was my tagline because I didn't want to deny or hide my previous experience, but I wanted to leverage that. So I'm the only financial advisor that probably has a business, real business experience and is actually an artist. I said, so when I see numbers and I'm looking at things, I said, they literally appear like paintings to me. I'm like, you tell me how much you spend on coffee and how much you spend on dog food and what's going on here. And your kids are two years old and this, and we're like, okay, where do you want to be in this at this time? And in 15 years, we want this to happen. It literally shows up in front of me, like, you know, this computer thing. And I could see a path of how to get you there, given where you are. So I leveraged that I was an artist in fine. I'm the only person that I know who right. is a former artist and now a financial advisor with, you know, an office and people and a broker and the whole deal. And it's, no one could say anything about it. They were just like, you either like it or you don't like it. Yeah. So if you liked my art and I would post pictures of my art and I would show people and they would be like, right next to financial advice, I'm posting art that I've done. And people are like, well, just put it in the back. I'm like, nah, I'm going to wear the flower and the shirt and I'm going to wear bright colors. And I wear like crazy colored shoes and orange shoes and a suit. And they're like, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm an artist. And I look funky as a financial advisor, but if that appeals to you, oh, there's nobody better. There's yep. nobody better than, than me. And no one can compete with that because I'm being authentic to myself. So look at your history, look at your, who you are and embrace that. You know, I left home. There's tons of stories in my life, leaving home and immigrant mm. to the country and I'm black. And I, there's a hundred million angles you could take on this. All of them are perfectly fine. Just make sure you're happy with that angle and and run with it because you can defend it. I could defend art and yeah. I could defend finance. So, but no one can put them together like I do. So, totally. Total. Winner, winner. Well, you know what? It makes me think of something too because there's the only factor, there's tangible only factor. Like, hey, nobody could dunk a basketball like me or nobody right. can make an omelet like me. But then there's kind of the emotional factor. Like, you know, nobody, like my wife and I always kind of joke around that when it comes to our kids, there's certain things that each of us kind of own. Like right. for her, you know, like she's very cute kids, by the way. I was on your Facebook. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> they're, 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 they're awesome. Look at your face, you're all lit up. He's like, oh, my God. Oh. Pro Papa. Pro yeah. Papa. Pro oh, Papa. They're, they're awesome. Um, now I got to go to your Facebook. I went to your LinkedIn. <laughs> you know, like, we always kind of joke around. And for me, like, you know, my wife's like, hey, you know, you could diffuse the situation with a really stupid joke. And I own that. And, you know, professionally, I kind of think, you know what? I want to make sure that professionally the quirkiness comes out. So our brand yes. needs to be quirky. Our brand yeah. needs to, uh, our brand needs to kind of geek out. Our brand needs to yeah. do all those things. And we're going to attract people who like to geek out. So I, I love the only factor. And I love almost the idea of making a list and saying, look, look at the tangibles that you do and look at some of the intangibles. 
how do you make people feel and what value do you bring to a room that someone else can't bring? Like, you know, as a financial advisor, you're in a position of really trying to make people feel secure, both in the present and in the future. And there's a lot of anxiety that comes with that. So Tons. being able to, to calm people, being able to tell them a joke, being able to redirect them to something else, it's a, it's a huge gift. Or even deliver very bad news and be like, you're not sure. going to make it. Yeah. Like, this is not going to work. Yeah. Or yeah. you're not going to be able to retire in five years or two years. And that it's, it's both sides of it. But yes, I cut you off. I apologize. No, no. Hey, listen, we're, we're, we're both so excited. Uh, so I know we have to go pretty soon. So I have, yes. I have one, one ish questions for you. One so, um, one ish. So there'll be a part like B to this question. Oh, <laughs> So, Along the long one, 1.1, 1. 1, 1. <laughs> 1.11. Exactly. It'll just, it'll just keep on going. So a term that I'm a big fan of, and I, I learned it when I was in university, was marketers sell the drill, consumers buy the hole. And what I always took that to mean is that, you know, we're so obsessed, you know, oftentimes with selling the features of something. And people yeah. don't care about that. Yeah. You know, they care about what it's going to do for me the experience you know i don't care about the drill i want to hang up that tv and i want yeah. to hang up that tv so i could spend time with my wife or i can I'm, rewind after a day so what's your take on drill versus hole and what value does that have in telling a really good story see there's the one ish what it's one ish it's it's all about the hole yeah. it's not about the drill Marketers care about the drill. Designers care about zooming in at 400% to make sure the pixels are okay. Uh, you know, the athlete <laughs> cares about the ball or what the scoreboard was. It's your thing. Yeah. And in marketing and branding, it's never about you. It's always about the end result for the customer. So it's super challenging to do this, and most people actually can't do it themselves. You actually need someone outside of you, which is why branding and marketing is so successful. <laughs> because a doctor shouldn't operate on themselves. And, you know, they can't prescribe themselves medicine. You need another doctor outside of you to objectively look at things and see the, the world and see you from the context of the world to say, this is the hole you're trying to fill. Mm -hmm. This is the pain you're trying to stop. And you're 100%. like, oh, I never thought about it that way. Yeah. Because you're, you're, you can't see yourself in the world ever. Right. It's like trying to put your elbow in your ear. You just can't do it. So you almost always need help getting to this point. Even with ourselves, we had other people help us define these things when we had a branding company. We had other people help us brand. And this is what we did for a living and charged a lot for it. Barbers with a bad haircut, right? You need objectivity. Look, you need object <laughs> you need objectivity. You need totally. someone to look at you and say, This is what I see when I see you. Yeah. When I look at Mike, is this gonna be are you the brander or are you the father? Are you the husband? And like, what is this 360 look at Mike and how do we put that into the brand? Are you Android? Are you this? Do you wear blue shirts? Do you wear red shirts? Do, you know, it's like all the things that you just do automatically are part of this. And when you're someone from the outside looks at it and says, okay, here we go. I know you're filling a hole, but here's what we're going to do. We're the best hole fillers in the world because I'm a great dad and I know about this. And my kids put a hole in the wall and you're like, oh my God, me too. Can you fill these holes? And then all of a sudden, right. yeah. I'll give you the perfect example of this. My wife and I launched our business probably shortly after we got married. 
And we had a little wedding video. It was maybe three minutes. It was like a wedding video. No one cares about your wedding video, right? You're like, whatever. But a friend of ours who was a videographer did sort of a three-minute montage of two a music videos. So he recorded some stuff of us singing to each other in our wedding song and blah, blah, blah. It wasn't too cheesy. It was kind of like funky and dancey. Cool. But he also had the entire wedding in this three-minute song. So he cut back and forth. It was pretty cool. So we were like, we're the only people that are going to care about this video. Nobody, nobody wants to see this other than the two of us. And we're like, you know what? Let's put it on our website. Our business website, we're going to put our wedding video. We said, if you want to know who we are, here's a video, little bios, and then we put our wedding video. Sounds like a horrible, horrible decision. It actually sounds like a fantastic decision. It drove more business for years than anything we could have possibly done. Like people would see this video and be like, oh my goodness, I so love it. It's amazing. I don't know what you guys do, but come on in. We're going to find a way to work together. Totally. Like thousands of dollars in business because of this wedding video. And it had nothing to do with branding or anything. They just saw the video and went, we're going to find a way to give you money. I can't tell you how many people said that to us. It has everything to do with the reason why you would hire a financial advisor. These are the moments you want to protect. These are the moments you want to So good. I love it. I love it. I put it on my new website. Let's start it again. See what I mean? This is perfect. But yeah, it's it is the thing that we thought was cheesy was the best piece of marketing for a branding agency ever. And it's completely unexpected because we saw it from one lens, but the world saw it. They're like, oh my goodness, your relationship and your family. Like they saw all this other stuff that we just took for granted because we're, we're in it. Yeah. And even sure. though this is what we do for a living, we shouldn't operate on ourselves. And uh, it's, so if people need branding, you, it's something, it's just like, yeah, don't try to cut that mole off your back yourself. You should, you should have a professional. <laughs> yeah. Don't be the surgeon that operates on yourself. You you should get some help with that. It's just like, <laughs> oh, you see people sure. with their own brand and they're doing stuff. And if I take this little bit of this and I'll add this to it, I'll add all the good stuff from these 10 brands and I'll have a super brand. No, you won't. It'll look yeah. awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. Ricardo, thank you so much. This is, honestly, we could talk for like easily a few hours. Easily, easily. We're both talkers here. Hey, you know what? This is a great subject, and it's 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 subject matter that uh, deserves to be talked about and revisited too. So, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. You're welcome, Mike. Thank you so much for having me. I thoroughly enjoyed our chat. And anytime you want to chat about brands or moles, or <laughs> let me know. A mole brand that should be the yeah. offshoot. That that'll that'll be a new sub brand. <laughs> that'll be the one point one episode one point one. <laughs> You have to watch episode one. You got to watch it. We'll binge watch the the entire. (laughs) Nothing is sacred in branding. It's awesome. (laughs) All righty. Well, you know, please keep coming back to the show. Please hit subscribe and stay tuned for a whole bunch of other subjects around branding. We're going to keep tackling storytelling. We're going to talk through leadership. We're going to um, talk about um, future shows around branding and food, a really passionate topic of mine branding and play which is another uh, another topic i really want to get into uh so please keep checking in and ricardo thank you again this is awesome and have a great day you're welcome thank you for having me take care take care